Absolutely, 100% true. Around the time I was eight years old, my family had a close brush with death. Mm -hmm. We almost became victims of a serial killer. I'm not making that up. Now, our experience was, of course, much less dramatic than what happened to our neighbors. But it's very important that tiny little details, little things in our lives probably saved our lives. I'm not sure, but could be. There was a roaming, traveling serial killer loose in the late 1970s in Northeast Ohio in Western Pennsylvania. I will not grace this man by saying his name. Uh, the last time I looked, he is still alive in a Florida prison. He would knock on a family's door and he would rush the couple, whoever answered the door, and he would take out the husband and then he would deal with the wife separately and do Absolutely 
horrific things to her. He usually used a shotgun, which is odd, because in the murder that took place in our neighborhood, he used a thirty-eight, I believe, a revolver. So anyway, I'm jumping around. It's probably not fair. So I was ten years old. Now, here's the first part of the story. I was ten years old. I've never told anybody this. I don't believe in premonitions. I don't believe in very much supernatural. But I had a dream. I had a dream that there was a knock at our door. We didn't have a front door that we answered. We answered our side door. So I went down the three steps to the side door as a child, and I unlocked it and opened the door. My father was standing there with somebody behind him, and he said, I'm dead. And he collapsed down on the ground in front of the man. I was shocked awake. That's the dream I had. But a man had killed my father. I found him at the door. That is the M.O. of this man. Blast the father or the husband at the door when you're breaking in. Rush him. Shoot him. Then capture the wife and do as you please. He had no interest in dealing with the man of the house. one of those things where I just might be relating the dream to what happened later but it was such a shocking realistic very lucid dream I mean I remember unlocking the door I remember seeing him standing there my father had receding hair even in his late 20s early 30s and he did a comb over, a little bit of a comb over. And his comb over, I remember flying up his hair, going up in the air as he fell to the ground in front of me. This shadowy figure behind him, just laying down in front of the man. He'd been murdered. I'm dead. It's the only thing he said. The dream shocked me as a child, and I was so afraid to tell my parents. It's weird. I didn't want my father to think <laughs> I wanted him dead. I wished him dead. I dreamed he had died. My father was very cryptic about things like that, and it would have rattled him. I know, even as a young boy, I know it would have bothered him if I told him the dream. I just kept it inside. What basically happened was the serial killer 
was traveling down the street on a bicycle. He needed a car. He needed a way to travel. He needed money. He was down to riding a bicycle. And he had a sidearm, at least, with him. He didn't come to our house. I've always wondered if it's because we have had a dog, a little yapping Eskimo Spitz dog outside. Back then, people used to do the Snoopy, you know, dog house and a dog on a chain. And we had this beautiful little white dog and it would run out the length of its chain and start barking. And did he hear or startle the dog or realize we had a dog and he passed on our house? Did it even matter? He didn't go after the neighbors on either side. He just stopped there. Was there a reason? Who knows? I'd actually would rather not know. I just know that when he stopped, he chose that house. Not that I'm saying it was good he did it, but we survived. It's always one of those things. And now here's the interesting part. He rushes in. He gets control of the husband and wife. He shoots the father, kills him. Then he takes the wife and he steals the car. He drives down to the turnpike exit that was nearby where there were some truck stops and uh, probably a semi that he had already arranged to leave with. Or he hitchhiked away, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure on that. But he took the woman through. They ditched the family's car at the back behind a auto parts store. And then they walked through a short distance in the woods and through some fields to where the trucks would park at this truck stop. And then they left from there. The woman was, I mean, I knew her when I was, you know, she was my neighbor lady. She would go out in the yard with her bare feet a lot. She practically just walked in the grass all seasons, practically, in her bare feet. It was just something that she did. She was a country girl. So she rarely wore shoes when she was outside. He took her bare foot, which was, I thought, interesting, because they had his footprints and her bare footprints in the dirt and mud as they were walking to the through the woods. And I just, I don't know why that always stuck with me. Why that always stood out to me. Because that was her. That was her. She was like that. And the sad part is, kills the neighbor takes his wife, a mother of two, and she is never seen again. Now he's claimed from his jail cell that she can't be recovered. You'll never find her. And that's one of the reasons I don't want him to have notoriety here, because he had stolen that from the peace of her going back to her family. 
away from her. I have questions. I have ideas. I have my own little set of conspiracy theories on what really happened. If it really was this man that did it. Because there was a couple tiny problems with his M.O. But the police say he did this all over Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania at that time period. He admitted to it. He knows facts in the case. That only he would know. That only the police know. And the officer that investigated it is sure that he's the one that did it. Well, after all these years, does it really matter? I guess just take it as justice was served. The man was caught. And he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. Removed from society. Unable to hurt anyone ever again. Case closed. That part brings peace to people involved. The family can find closure to a degree. And everybody can feel a little safer knowing he's locked up. Another boogeyman put away. There was something that happened after the fact. I never talked about this before. I was a young child and I was disturbed by this dream. And I was disturbed by my parents' reaction to the murder. And the community back then, nobody thought to sit us down, talk to us, discuss it with us, help us with it. No therapy, no talking to someone, no nothing. One day the neighbor kids are there. We see them. The next day, they're gone. You never saw them again. The children were sent to other family members. That's another story. We just had this big hole in our neighborhood. that This void. And nobody talked about it. I went to school and I wasn't asked about it. The teachers never brought it up. A couple kids on the bus talked about it briefly. Asked if we heard anything, if we saw anything. Of course the answer is no. And it just kind of went away. It was on the news and then it went away. One day, I was sitting in the back of my dad's car. 
I had two brothers at the time. My mom and my brothers and I were all in the car. We were in the back seat. And my dad had forgotten something, got out of the car, walked in front of it to go into the house to get something, and came back out. And for some odd reason, when he was walking in front of the car, it triggered the memory of that dream. I had a strange, odd, something about the movements he made, something about the way he walked. Maybe he brushed the hair on his head and it just triggered this momentary memory of that dream. And I saw him as he walked in front of the car. In my mind's eye, I saw him falling down in front of us, dead again, just like in that dream. But this time, I was awake and lucid and not scared. The memories were combining in a horrible sense of dread. Fear and anxiety overtook me. And I thought to myself, what would we do? What would I do? What would we do? What would I do? If it had been my father that was murdered and my mother taken, who would take care of us? What would we do? How would we survive? What would happen to us? And it felt like this bottomless, black pit of hell. It felt like this moment of despair and anxiety where there were no answers. No family to come and get us. Nobody to take us away. Nobody to take care of us. If something happened to this man, this hugely alpha, dominant, loud, strong man out of my life, there could be no other way. We would just be in a pit of endless despair and lost. There would be no rescue. I had been cornered in my mind into believing there was nothing past his life. If something happened to my parents, specifically my father, that our life would end as well. We were completely, totally, 100% at 10 years old, dependent on them for our lives. And the fear, the overwhelming despair in that moment was so frightening. I understood heaven and hell and death and life at a very young age. I wrestled with death, the endlessness, the finality of death at a very young age. At five or six, I, I cried myself to sleep realizing someday I'll die. 
someday we'll all die. We'll just go away. We'll just be nothing. We'll go into another life for this, this will all end. And I wrestled with it and came to grips with it and understood it and realized it was part of the process. As young as I was, I don't know how to explain, that was overwhelming and sad and scary. But I learned to deal with it. But at 10, realizing somebody at the snap of a fingers could take away my parents, I realized my life would just end. I didn't understand. Those kids didn't just disappear into the wind. Their life didn't end. Their family came and got them, and they went on. But in my child's mind, in that moment of seeing him collapsing in front of me, all I could see was the end. And that was a most frightening, frightening epiphany to have. I know now we would have been all right. We would have survived. We would have went on. But in that tragic moment, I understood the finality of such a disaster. It sunk in. And it was one of the most terrifying moments in my life. I know it's weird to be told by your mother in the kitchen of your house that the neighbor man is dead, his wife is gone, the kids are gone, they went to family, whatever. Actually, she never mentioned the kids. She just mentioned the parents are gone. The kids found them. The kids are, the police took the kids. The kids are gone. So I just thought the police took the kids. The kids are gone. It didn't dawn on me what had really happened. But in that moment of deja vu, it all came into a clarity that this was real. This wasn't a philosophical, oh, when you die, you just blink out and it won't matter anymore. So you won't even know you're dead because you're dead. It wasn't philosophy. It wasn't a thought game. It was reality. And the horror of finally knowing the boogeyman 
was quite a lesson to learn, and I never forgot it. Happy Halloween, everyone. Sorry if this is a little morbid, but I thought it was a good, scary tale for the season. I hope you have a wonderful week. I can't wait to see you all again soon. Until then, have a most blessed day and know that I'm always here to help you, even when I'm telling you scary tales at the Halloween season. Until then. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Hueo. Please take a moment to share this podcast with someone who might enjoy it and to rate or review it on your podcast player of choice. Those small things only take a few minutes and they really do help our podcast grow. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library videos online at youtube.com slash Links to connect with us on social media and to take a look at our merchandise can be found in the show notes. The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tiradohueo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels and his entire staff, thank you.